Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello and welcome to the Haunted Estate. Share your story. I call it Delivery. 1-877-260-3428. And visit us at the Haunted Estate. Hello, my wonderful spooks. How are you doing? Are you having a lovely Saturday? It is a beautiful day here in Ontario at a disgusting 31 degrees. The sun is out. It is scary. But guess what? I was able to get out this morning, do a couple yard sales, and I found myself some pretty cool things. First, I got a Charlie Chaplin uh, porcelain doll. Very creepy. Super awesome. After that, guess what else I got? A really cool piece of art. Um, it is like a print, but it's called Ghouls and Ghosts, and it is a Halloween evening scene in front of a very creepy haunted house. God was I excited to get that. It was in a set of four, and it was like $10 for the set of four. And I'm like, hi, I don't want these other ones that are like happy Christmas time. How much for this creepy little one with the ghost boy? And she's like, oh, I don't know. I don't really want to break them up. She's like, what is it worth to you? And I was like, I don't know. In my head, I'm like, a million dollars. So I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, how does $2 sound? And I was like, oh, so old. Um, so I got that. What else did I get though, Spooky? I got, uh, there was comedy and tragedy, these uh, two uh clown faces and comedy broke so I got tragedy and uh, it's quite demented. Um, I don't know why I feel the need to bring things into my house that are creepy. Uh, you never know what can of worms you are opening when you do something like that. Anyways, I want to welcome you all back to the Honda State here with your host, yes, me, Selena Myers. Tonight is going to be another show. Duh! But there's a couple things that I'd like to talk about first. First, the way that we get out there. The number one way that we can get this podcast more popular is to rate it on iTunes. So I'm going to explain to you quickly how to do that. If you're on your podcast app on iPhone, you click search, type in the hottest estate, click on the podcast down bottom uh, left corner. You will see the top three things. Um, The middle one will be reviews. Click on reviews and it will say, write your own review. So please, it would mean more than anything to me if you could just slide over give me a rude say whatever you want say boo anything but just just get us out there it it means a lot we're having lots of downloads which makes me extremely happy i love having the community come together but at the same time it kind of blows my mind I, i get worried that i do too much haunted history and that's why i'm not getting very many calls i i fill it in with haunted history because i'm not getting the calls um 
I would really like to have more stories to go into and talk about. I'd like to say hello to Arlington and Surrey and Saskatoon. They are our top cities for today. A couple other things. Yes, anything that I do use on here will be available on the hauntedestate.com underneath blog episode links. Um, and there's also a donate button on the hauntedestate.com. I do put the podcast out myself. Um, I know that the book will be something that will really help fund the podcast. That was the whole point of the book, which guess what is almost done. I'm so excited for you guys to read it. It turned out a lot better than I had ever expected. So I am just pumped and ready for that. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode of The Haunted. All right, let's start with a wonderful article about people telling stories about the creepiest things that happened to them as children. Don't forget that every page that I do use will be available on thehauntedestate.com. When I was little, I had one of those Minnie Mouse plushes with the cute costume and the big open mouth grin. I even had a studio portrait taken with it that turned out beautiful. Well, I woke up one morning and was just lying on my bed, looking over the edge at my toys scattered on the ground. All of a sudden, as I was looking at my mini doll, it started talking. I made it made almost a hissing noise. Then it started whispering my name. Frozen, I watched as the doll's open mouth slowly shut. I ran out of the room as fast as my little feet would carry me. My parents dismissed it as my imagination until I showed them the doll's permanently closed mouth. We went back and looked at the studio portrait. That doll's mouth had been open. It would not come apart now, no matter how hard we pulled. I don't know what happened. Maybe I'll never know, but I didn't touch that doll again. It wasn't as friendly looking with a mouth closed. I realized it wasn't a rock, it was a thumb. I remember playing in my grandparents' backyard when I was six. My grandfather was tending to his garden, and I was picking up rocks. One of the rocks I picked up looked weird. I realized it wasn't a rock. It was a thumb, a severed thumb. No blood, but it was hard and pale. I freaked out and threw it, ran to my grandfather. He searched the area I tossed it, but nothing. I swear I knew what it was. When she was so white under the bright full moon, but she was still still, her wavy hair not moving in the wind. When I was about five or six, my brother and I were playing and giggling, and suddenly, I don't know what came over me, I peeped through a hole in the wall and saw a woman outside. She was so white under the bright full moon, but she was so still, even her wavy hair is not moving from the wind. I thought maybe she was my cousin, so I called to her attention. I blinked, and she was facing me instantly. I didn't see her move. She's really pretty, but the fact that she wasn't blinking and her eyeballs not moving scared me. I could never sleep alone again. A shadow woman would walk the halls at night. From five to six years old, I would see a shadow figure, a perfect human woman shape, 
walk the halls in the night, back and forth. It really creeped me out that I would put the covers up over my head. I was an only child, and my parents were in their bedroom. It was when I was still wide awake, before I got sleepy. It was so creepy. When I was little, I would have dreams that came true. I'd dream of someone coming for dinner, and then there would be a surprise guest the next day. Stuff like that. Then, when I was about five or six, it started to get dark. I was dreaming about cousins and car crashes, or a friend's older sister cutting herself. And it all happened within a week or two. It started to freak me out, so I decided to tell my parents. At first, they tried to calm me down, but when they started noticing it too, they got freaked out, which only scared me even more. Then one day, I just stopped dreaming. I haven't had a dream, or any dream at all, ever since. I was like nine years old. I was sleeping in my parents' bed. At that point, I think it was Saturday morning, and my dad had gone bike riding with his friends, real early. So I woke up and got in bed with my mom. I was having a bad dream, and I woke up and looked around and went to go pee. When I got back into the bed, there was a white, pale hand waving at me from behind the closet. I thought I was dreaming, but I was so shocked. I couldn't do anything. I kind of put it in the back of my mind until a year later. My older cousin had said she'd seen a hand waving at her from behind the mirror when I was at her house. It made me realize I really experienced that, and I didn't imagine it. I was about eight or nine when this happened. My family had a boat that we trailed back and forth from Lake Hopekong in New Jersey. We were coming in one day from the lake, and it was already dark. I was obsessed with fishing at that age, and the dock was a great place to fish. So, my family was getting the boat hitched to the trailer. I decided to throw some casts out. I noticed some activity in the water about 30 years from where I was standing, 30 yards from where I was standing, which was about 60 feet from the boat ramp my family was hitching the boat at. I threw my line towards what I thought was a fish feeding and jumping, and whatever was causing the activity turns to where I was and started swimming towards me with some kind of serpentine motion. It was too dark to make out any distinctive features except for a large head. I noped the fuck out, dropped my fishing pole, and ran. No one believed me at the time, but 20 years later, my story hasn't changed and I still wonder, what was that? When I was around five or six, I told my mom, an old lady, used to come and read me stories when I was in bed every night. According to our next-door neighbor, the lady I had described died a few years before we moved into the house. I was eight years old, and my cousin was turning eight the next month. This occurred in early August. To add some context to this event, my family owned land. A few of my uncles built their houses on the property, including my dad. My dad's house and my uncle's house are about 130 
meters apart. And in the evening, the farm lights light up the dirt path between their houses. The event. I remember this evening so clearly. It was a warm evening. The sun had just set. And the evening was calm. No wind or inclement weather. My cousin and I were walking back to my dad's house. We're talking, and as we come about 50 meters close to my dad's house, this blinding white light flashed twice. We both just stood there. We were both silent, standing there. We both looked at each other and said, Did that just happen? We both freaked out and ran the rest of the 50 meters back to my house. We both, very excited by this event, told my parents and his dad what happened outside, but nobody witnessed this. As the curtains were closed inside, none of the adults believed us. They said nothing, just kind of acknowledged it, acknowledged it and continued visiting. The light wasn't accompanied with thunder because it wasn't lightning, and the light was blinding. The acreage is located in the prairies. I don't know if there's any logical explanation for this event, but ever since then, I've always believed that maybe, just maybe, it was aliens or some astronomical event. I know this sounds absolutely ridiculous to some, but my cousin and I don't try to convince other people what we experienced, because we both know that it was true. This is just a scary story. It happened to my mom in the late 70s. She was a 34-year-old, newly divorced mom of three small kids. She had gone downtown to do a little shopping with me, the baby. We hadn't lived in that city for very long, maybe a year. My mom was very attractive, confident, and well-dressed. She had just come home, and the phone was ringing. When she picked it up, she heard an unknown man's voice say, your legs look so beautiful in those red shoes. Beautiful baby, too. She hung the phone up. It was incredibly scary, because she, in fact, was wearing red shoes and had no male friends. One phone call, and no other. She nervously told me the story when I was a young adult. After all that time, she never knew who the caller was, she never wore the shoes again. Sadly, she had a number of creepy things happen to her throughout her life. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My mom put me to bed in my room. 
but I woke up downstairs. I thought it was a dream, but some man picked me up when I was almost asleep, carried me downstairs, and put me on some blankets between a sofa and a chair. I was quite young, so my parents still had a safety gate. My dad wasn't in. He worked nights then, and my mom was asleep, so no one knows how I managed to get downstairs. I still remember this, strangely. At my family's summer home, there was one bedroom that my cousins and I would share. I remember waking up countless times, and shit wouldn't be where it was supposed to be. The windows would be on a different wall. The dresser would be somewhere else. The beds were moved. It was always scary as hell, but in the morning, everything would be as it was supposed to be. So I didn't tell anyone. I avoided staying in that room as often as possible. Fifteen years later, my cousin brought it up and said she had the same experience in there. It was probably just our minds playing tricks on us, but neither of us will stay in that room to this day. I have no issues putting my guests up in there, though. When I was two or three years old, my family lived in Lithuania. Throughout all my life, I have been sure that my whole family my pregnant mother, my father, and myself visited the Hill of Crosses of crosses near Sialui. <laughs> I could distinctly remember the sensations of the ground as I was climbing the steps. I had vivid images of the center cross, but I never knew what this place was called. A couple weeks ago, I googled it and asked my mother if she remembers our trip to this place. She surprisingly answered me, that it was only her and my father that were there, and I was staying with my grandmother then. I'm sure they never showed me any photos, as it was a scared place for to tell a child about. But I know that I was there. I was young, maybe eight, just so you know. I always go to sleep in my bed, and I never, ever fell asleep on the couch. My grandpa died, and we got back from his funeral. That night, I went to bed, in my room as usual, but I woke up in the middle of the night on the living room couch. When I looked up, I saw my grandpa's ghost. He wasn't scary or anything. At the time, it felt natural. He didn't say anything, but there was this understanding between us. I went back to my room and went back to sleep. I would have assumed it was a dream, but it was so vivid and real that it stuck with me for years. It wasn't even a I saw a ghost moment. It was just a weird, vivid memory that seemed so normal at the time that I didn't think anything strange of it. When I was about 20, I told my mom that story and she said, was it the day of his funeral? Because I saw his ghost that night too. When I was ten, I was lying in bed trying to sleep when I felt my covers being tucked underneath my body. I literally jumped out of bed, flipped on the light. Nobody was there. When I was about four, and my brother was around two, we were playing outside in the front yard. We had a sprinkler, so me and my brother were running around it. I guess my mom was busy, or taking a nap, because she didn't come outside while we were out there. 
I remember a man and a woman in the car driving down our private road. They stopped and called us over. I remember them taking a few pictures and laughing, asking where our parents were. At this point, my little brother had decided to take off his trunks, was running around naked. They kept taking pictures, told us to be safe, and left. I remember when I told my parents they were so mad, and I thought I had done something wrong. Looking back now, I'm surprised we didn't get kidnapped. I wish I could remember more details. It was over 16 years ago. I was about five or six. One of my parents and I were watching TV in the living room of a ranch-style house in the suburbs of the Midwest. A light coming from our hallway got our attention. In the bedroom at the end of the hall was a one-by-one-foot-glowing orb floating three to four feet above the floor, illuminating the dark room. The orb seemed to realize it was being observed and moved very quickly, and before we knew it, the orb was outside, like it had passed through the wall or windows. It then very quickly went around the house, jumping or passing through two six-foot fences in a matter of seconds. We saw it do this through the windows, and our dog started freaking out. My dad freaks out, grabs his revolver and a flashlight, and storms outside. It had rained recently, and there was mud outside, but no evidence of footprints or anything to rationally explain it. While the event is a family legend, and my mom thought it was a ghost or a spirit, my dad thought it was aliens. Quite frankly, I have no idea. I leaned towards the ball of lightning, but it seemed to have at least some level of intelligence, and seemed to make deliberate, not random, movements. I bought a few small things from an estate sale when I was nine or so, and I swear I could find them rotating slightly every now and again. I used to regularly see figures, most often clowns, in my bedroom while my eyes were closed. I would see the room, but the clowns were there and got bigger and bigger until their size overwhelmed me. I would guess... Twice a week this happened, when I was about nine. I grew up on the central coast of California, and my family would frequently visit Big Sur for camping, hiking, or just hanging out and having lunch at one of the restaurants. I must have been about eleven, old enough to visit the bathroom independently, but still rather new to the freedom of walking around somewhere that wasn't my neighborhood or the woods alone, I went into the bathroom at the restaurant called the River Inn. The restaurant called the River Inn. And there were three stalls, one handicapped and two regular. But all but one of the stalls, a regular one, was taken. I distinctively remember looking under the doors for feet because I was a little kid and whatever reason preferred the handicapped stall. I saw no feet, but the doors were locked. Whatever, I went into the open stall. There was a huge squid in the toilet, like the body had to be at least a foot long, plus tentacles coiled around the inside of the toilet bowl. I totally, it totally filled the available space, 
cloudy, dead squid eyes gazing up for me from the pooper. I ran out of the bathroom in horror, told nobody, held my pee for the 45-minute drive home. What the hell was a squid doing in there? All I can surmise was that it was a line cook prank in an area that nobody thought would be. 25 years later, the terror toilet still scares me. Walking to the school bus one day with my little brother when this animal walks over to us from the neighbor's yard. It looked like a dog, but it was kind of deformed. No collar, anything like that. And it was totally silent. It stopped and looked at us with the most human-like stare. We backed away, took a different route to our stop. Texted my bro about this a couple weeks ago. And he also remembers this and how creepy it was and how odd the dog was acting. This would have been around 10 years ago. When I was young, younger than seven, I would sleep in my brother's bread when I got scared. One night, I wake up to tapping on the window. A man is standing there with a shaved head except for a ponytail. He had a tattooed face and just stood there looking at me. I shook my brother half asleep, looked away, and when I would look back at the window, he was gone, and my brother was pissed I woke him. I was a weird kid and slept with my bedroom lights on all night long, so from the outside I guessed that my floor bedroom was lit up like a display case. I wasn't scared of the dark, I just preferred it that way. One night I awoke to a metal scraping sound outside, like something heavy was being dragged. I heard a hard thunking noise against the wall outside my window, and then someone climbing up a ladder. I watched, wide-eyed and frozen, in fear, as a man I'd never seen before looked straight in my window. Our eyes met, and we looked at each other for a moment. Then I closed my eyes and pretended to sleep. But I was really squinting and looking at him. He just stared at me for a few more minutes. Then I saw a bright camera flash. He climbed back down the ladder, dragged it away. I never saw him again. A year or two later, I was on a road trip with my dad. I think we were in San Diego, a few states away from home. We were staying high up in a hotel room with a balcony on the 20th floor or so. My dad and I had our own beds, mine nearest the balcony. At some point during the night, a bright flash woke me up, so I opened my eyes, sat up in bed, and looked out. and didn't see anything. Then another flash hit me, full on, and that's when I saw the outline of a person holding something, a camera apparently, ducked down beyond the edge of the balcony to somewhere below. Again, I was frozen in fear, laid awake most of the night, just terrified and staring out at the balcony. I never told anyone nothing like that ever happened again, but after the second time, I had a very vivid reoccurring nightmares about being abducted and forced into a child's sex ring and never seeing family again, which in itself is really messed up since I must have been eight or nine years old at the time. I was never abused and generally had a great childhood. How did I even know that child sex rings were a thing? But I had those dreams, sometimes every week, of being forced to have sex with other children while men watched and recorded us. 
I don't think that my little kid brain knew how awful that was at the time. But most terrifying was that these dreams were hours long, and sometimes they would feel like they lasted for weeks or months at a time. I could remember all the kids' other names, faces, everything. I was young, five or seven, somewhere in there. I was sleeping in between my parents for whatever reason. I woke up. I remember the clock reading around 4 a.m. There was something standing at the window, looking out onto the front yard. It looked like a man in a brown wool robe, about 6'4 or so. I started to stir and sat up in bed. The thing turned and looked at me. Dear God, that face, extremely pale, white skin, lots of really pronounced wrinkles, and the face drooped like it was melting down into a really pointy chin, almost similar to a scream mask, but with all the features of a living being. Its mouth was hanging open, its eyes were wide, almost like it was worried or frightened. It kept its gaze on me while it moved away from the window, in front of the bed, and out the open bedroom door, onto the the second it exited the room, the lights turned on by their own. Both my parents jumped up on either side of me, breathing heavily like they'd just both broken from a nightmare. To be clear, I was fully able to move during this. I don't think it was sleep paralysis, but I'm not sure what it'd have been, other than some kind of demon, a really ugly fucking ghost. I've never seen it since, but I can still picture it clear as day. One time when I was about eight, I woke to someone leaning over my bed. It was dark, so I didn't really get a good look at whatever it was. I just saw the dark shape of a man. I kind of gasped in surprise, and he jumped and quickly walked out of the room. I thought it might be my dad, but the way he reacted didn't seem right. I yelled for him, and he came after a minute. He looked around the house, but there was no sign of anyone breaking in. I guess it was my imagination or something, but it never happened again. I was freaked out for a long time after. I've had sleep paralysis. This was something different. The one that sticks out to me was when I was about three or four. For some reason, I woke, went to my sister's room, opened her closet. I remember staring into what, at the time, looked like this giant, dark closet. As I was staring into the darkness of the closet, I felt someone push on my shoulders, and I fell on my butt. I wasn't scared. I was more confused. After that, I somehow unlocked the door, walked a couple blocks to a busy street, and to a cop, and he asked me where I lived. The weird thing is, is that when I got older, I brought it up. My mom said that it was creepy because my sister didn't like sleeping in that room because she would always see a man in the closet. In my bedroom growing up, there was a patch on the wall that would softly glow in the dark. It was so faint that it would disappear when I looked directly at it or got too close. It looked like there was a break in the curtains, but after I stood in front of it, I ruled this to be impossible. There were some at night, too, but they didn't really glow. The first incident was on a weekend. My dad and I were sitting in the living room watching NASCAR, and during a commercial break, he asked me to get him a beer. 
Unfortunately for me, he kept his beer down in the basement in a mini fridge. And I was all kinds of scared going down there. Not wanting to upset him by telling him no, I went for it anyway. Before I even made it to the steps, I was already getting that feeling that I shouldn't go any further and that I should immediately turn around. But I kept going. As I got to the basement steps, fear continued to grow and grow. You know the feeling you get when you just can't, when you can just tell someone is staring at you, like a fifth sense? Your spine gets kind of tingly and you have this overwhelming feeling to look in a certain direction. That is what I was experiencing tenfold. When I finally reached the bottom of the steps, I was almost completely paralyzed with fear. I slowly turned my head to the left towards the open dirt area and said, Hello? As soon as I said that, two red glowing orb things emerged from the dark part. I'd say they were eyes, but I can't be that I can't be certain for sure. I didn't study them long enough before I ran up the steps as fast as I could. My dad must have overheard my running and met me in the hallway and asked what was going on. I told him about what I saw, and he immediately headed down there. I think he might have thought there was an animal or something. But after a few minutes, he emerged with a beer in hand and telling me it was nothing. The second event took place maybe a year and a half later. It was during the summer. My family and I were outside. I had to use the bathroom and headed inside using the front door as I had refused to use the side door since the previous event. When I went to go back outside, though I had thought to try and be brave and face my fear, I headed towards the side door. I sat at the top of the basement steps and waited. It didn't take long for me to get those same feelings all over again. I shouldn't be there. Something's watching me. I need to leave immediately. I was truly tired of the fear, though. I wanted to be brave and face whatever was down there, so I stayed in. It didn't take long for me to run, though, because as soon as I had made that determination, I saw a shadow paint the wall across the opposite of the handrail. It was humid, looked male, seemed extremely large, no real fine details. Again, not enough time, as I immediately bolted to the door. I told my dad about it. This time he seemed a bit more concerned. I didn't follow him into the house, but I, dear, I did hear him racking his gun before he descended down. Just like last time, though, he emerged with a beer, nothing to be found. My family lives in a super rural part of Tennessee, and we have had a family homestead that's been passed down through generations called the Turley House. Legend of the family has it that the Civil War Hospital, which I can totally see because it is totally a creepy and ancient place, we also have a legend in the family that we're all haunted by a demon spirit, God knows what, called Woolies. He's so prominent in our family's history that he isn't just a fact. No, that he is just a fact at life of life at this point. So it's not unusual to hear someone say something like, "Oh look, Woolies is at it again. He must be upset." One of the creepy experiences I had growing up there is the never-ending rosebush. There were two rose bushes on the corner of the house that weren't very big. I've had some distinct memories of playing around them and getting absolutely batshit lost in the rose bushes, running in circles for hours and hours at a time. It was sort of like that scene in Spirited Away when 
Chichiro and Haku are running through the flower hedges. Eventually, I would find my way out, but it would be hours later, and my mom would be hella angry that I was gone for so long. I never really thought much of it, because kid logic, but I asked my mom about it years later, and she said that all the kids in the family have stories about getting lost in the same spot. Everybody always blamed it on Woolies, saying that he was just having fun and messing around. Wish I could go back and explore the house some more. It's got some crazy stories from throughout the years. I really want to thank um, the line for this amazing article. It will be available on The Haunted Estate. I love when people talk about things that they saw as children because I believe those stories the most. Because when you are a child, that veil is still thin. You still have that one foot and you're so innocent. You don't understand. Society hasn't told you, no, you're silly. This isn't real. So this article will be available on thehauntedestate.com. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Do not forget to rate us on Facebook. I mean iTunes. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And I will see you the day after tomorrow. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.